Good morning. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Good, and you? Yeah, pretty good. Kind of sleep deprived, but but fine. Uh, me too. I didn't oh. sleep last night at all. That's so lame. Why? Uh, I don't know really. I um, I think I may have uh, had a little bit too much beer and then gone to mm. bed a little bit too early. Mm. Um, but I've <laughs> I've been Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Something like. Um, I don't want people to think I'm a giant alcoholic because that's not what happened. No. Um, I'm sure it was it was craft beer uh, consumed over mm-hmm. fine conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, that's exactly what it was. In a very civilized manner, yeah. But I've been having this uh, thing where I um, I don't sleep very well, or rather, I like sleep a little bit and then wait. We've talked about this before, haven't we? And I then don't I think so. And then I and then I'll wake up and then I'll be awake for like three four hours and I'll go back to sleep and then mm. I'll wake up the next morning really tired. Mm. Have you ever used one of those sleep tracker apps to kind of find out what the pattern is? Well, I've just started doing that uh, with a Fitbit Flex. Oh, cool! because um, yeah, I have one on my phone. Just I mean, there's Sleep as a Droid on Android and iPhone has one whose name I can't remember. Um, and you just put it on your on your bed. But I don't mm. know if it's as accurate as the Fitbit. So um, the iPhone, one of the iPhone apps you get is called Sleep Cycle Alarm. Mm. Um, and it's ostensibly an alarm because the the idea is that it instead of waking you up at exactly when you said uh, your alarm for, it will um, it'll monitor your sleep and then it'll wake you up uh, just before then, but at the mm. best time in your cycle so that um, so that you feel okay about it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's um yeah. So, I mean, how long is, is the sleep cycle normally? It's about 30 minutes, right? So it would, by that time in the night, I think the sleep cycle is longer at the beginning. It's about two hours. And then once you've gotten through a couple of big sleep cycles, it gets shorter and shorter. So it's kind of within a 30 minute window, it wakes you up, right? Um, yeah. Well, it, everybody's cycles are different. So I think if I mm. remember correctly from our sleep modules in psychology, um, mm-hmm. It was between 20 and 40 minutes, uh, but it was impossible hmm. to generalize. So. But, That's interesting. Um, but the Fitbit tells me I, uh, I haven't slept very well. So that's interesting. <laughs> and you're like, no, duh, Fitbit. <laughs> well, it's interesting like, because, ex- yeah, exactly that. Um, <laughs> I don't really need the Fitbit to tell me I had a crap night. What it helps me see is exactly mm. how crap it was. Um. Mm. But, uh, but yeah. Do you wake up at the same time every night? More or less. It's like uh, midnight yeah. one. Um, but it's not every night. What's Weird. interesting, though, is I remember reading an mm. article a while ago. You might have actually tweeted it, if I remember correctly, um, about how that used to be the norm, people waking up in the middle of the night. Um, and then they would read yes. or get up and work or pump or whatever and then go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very interesting, hey? I mean, I suppose, you know, back in the olden days, you kind of went to bed pretty soon after the sunset because there wasn't indoor lighting and that kind of thing. Why, so, when I, I mean, was that's, your that's age? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. We didn't have electricity. <laughs> um, when I was a little boy, yes. When, yeah. Yeah, quite so, interesting. Mm. So, so that used to be, that's how they rolled, yeah. I suppose light was, was part of it. But, um, but a lot of mammals sleep that way, right? Like cats... Just, you know, mm. it's like half an hour. I guess but dogs too, half an hour here, cats, two hours cats there. Cats are nocturnal though, so, yeah. Yeah, but, it, but in the day when they nocturnal. do sleep, you know, it's never, it's never like a six to eight hour stretch. It's sure. two hours here, three hours there, 
And dogs are the Three same. Three hours staring out the window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know they actually they did this thing where they they put cameras on cat collars to see what exactly cats do all day, and then they monitored the data. And they, they didn't use that many cats, so I don't know how representative a study is. But they figured out that a good twenty percent of a cat's waking hours is spent staring out the window on average. Wow, <laughs> that's what they do. Is they so it's sit like there Fitbit for cats? Cat bit. Yeah, yeah. Cat bit. Mm. <laughs> like catnip, but not as much fun. So I discovered something quite funny when I was tracking my sleep um, a couple of months ago. So mm-hmm. um, Mark, the boyfriend, um, told me with, with great certainty that every night at about one in the morning, I get up and I go to the loo and then I come back, you know. Um, and I was absolutely certain that he was lying because I've never had any memory of peeing in the middle of the night at all. Okay. I am convinced that I go to bed and I sleep through the night and then I wake up. And when I was tracking my sleep with this thing, there it was, sure as Bob. So like at one o'clock every night, the the, the little line accelerometer doodad just zeros <laughs> and flatlines for like five minutes and then, you know, comes back. So clearly I sleep pee. I don't sleepwalk. I sleep pee. It's quite um, weird. There's probably some walking involved. <laughs> yes, yes, there is some. Well, thank God. <laughs> yes. Reassuringly, yeah. some walking happens. Before yes. you. Yeah, the, the Fitbit's really clever. It's it's got a sleep mode that you get it into by like smashing it repeatedly for two seconds um, mm. and then vibrates against your wrist, which is also how it wakes you up in the morning with its alarm. So if you set an alarm in the Fitbit, there's no sounds. It just like vibrates on your arm, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, and then if you forget to put it in sleep mode, it still monitors that stuff all the time. So if you go and tell it when you fell asleep and awake, it goes and recursively um, inserts that data. Oh, that's quite interesting. And then tells you how crappily you slept that night. Yeah. Do you know I'm that quantifying myself. You're quantifying yourself. Well done. Mm. <laughs> and this is how we learn about ourselves. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I read a study um, a while ago that spoke about the, the class um, component of what time people wake up. So apparently there's a very strong correlation, at least in America and Europe and those places, between how wealthy you grew up and how late you wake up in the morning. So very working class people on average tend to wake up much, much earlier um, than the kind of, you know, uh, upper classes, whatever that might mean, um, who, who on average statistically wake up much later. It's kind of no interesting. Way. Yeah, totally true. Wow. And, and plays out in my personal experience, but I, you know, I don't know if that's, um, if that's that relevant. Well, that's yeah. anecdotal at best. <laughs> no, but science backed it up with me. So that's cool. Right. I mean, like, like my family, I mean, my dad wakes up between half past three and four in the morning. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, my, my parents were farmers. Um, so they kind of, and they haven't been farmers for like, I don't know, 15, 18 years, mm-hmm. but it's still ingrained in them that you got to get up before the sun and then you got to go and milk the cows. Are they American farmers? <laughs> Apparently, right oh. now. Yes, in, wow. in my brain. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, but it's funny how those habits kind of stick with you your whole life. And then my brother and I, because my parents always woke up very early, even though, you know, I lived on a farm until I was four years old. So hardly enough to kind of well, half your life. that to be the reason. <laughs> half my life. Um, you are the youngest person I know, so. That's I, next I'm to not, my children. You have two children, exactly. Okay. Yes, but well, I, we've discussed this before. I, I, have, I have no friends as young as you. Am I closer in age to your children or to you? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, um, it's, to you. it's funny because my brother and I both are, are quite early risers as well, even though this is now kind of a second generation farm children thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Hmm. 
I wonder what it means. Hmm. Oh, wait, it means nothing. <laughs> it means habit. Habit is fascinating. Yeah. Because well, there are some people who are very grumpy if they have to wake up before 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes, we call these people teenagers mm. or Sam's friends. Um, <laughs> so uh. there's, but there's, there's different developmental stages the brain goes through as well. Um, and, and your sleep patterns are adjusted throughout. And this comes as no surprise to anybody, but when you, the teenage brain really needs that, that extra bit of sleep in the morning. Um, mm. One of the dumbest things we do as a species currently um, mm. in sort of developed parts of the world is sending kids to school really early in the morning. It, yeah. lit- it literally damages their brains, like mm. physically damages their brains. Yeah. I mean, I suppose there's kind of, you know, people trying to deal with the two parent working family problem, you know. So if the parents have to be at work at eight o'clock, because mm-hmm. um, that's also something stupid that our society enforces, um, you know, that's that seems to be a large part of the reason. But yeah, I mean, definitely damaging. So there's great books about this. Um, the one is called Welcome to Your Brain. Mm. And I will look up the author because I have the internet at my disposal. Oh, wait, we're supposed to be taking show notes. Ah. Oh. Poo. <laughs> we now totally. have to say everything we just said all over again so I can remember what it is. Welcome to Your Brain <laughs> by Sandra Omot. Okay. Uh, 3.6 out of 5 on Goodreads. I'm not sure why. I thought it was more like a 4. It is kind of like a 4, 3.6. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> the owner's manual for the brain. I learned a lot about, well, I remembered a lot about sleep and then learned a lot of new stuff about sleep from that book. Um, That's interesting. Because there's an amazing textbook um, called In Search of the Human Mind. Mm. And I don't know if they still do, um, but when I went to university in the last millennium, literally, (laughs) um, (laughs) they would issue you with In Search of the Human Mind as your Psych 102 textbook. Um, Mm. And it's an amazing book. Like, I've kept my copy of it, um, and it's just so much fun. And... um, Remind yeah. me what it's called? In Search of the Human Mind. Search of the Human Mind. And there's cool. a lot of good stuff on sleep in there. And That's since you like medical journals, I'm assuming yeah. you would like medical textbooks too. This sounds way, way up my alley. Yeah, I, I took mm-hmm. Psychology 1 at Varsity and I really enjoyed it. I loved the, the child developmental stuff was, was fascinating. Um, yeah. 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 Learned interesting and, things. Um, me too. Mm. And, then, and then I'm busy reading The Brain That Changes Itself. Mm-hmm. Which is, is that bananas about plasticity? Too. Yeah. Ah, interesting. It's it's very much about plasticity. Yeah. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little Pl- bit of stuff about sleep in there too. Not much. So some of my my favorite brain stuff is um, sort of how children learn language. I mean that's that's just that's just one of the most fascinating topics in the world. Mm. Um, so there's there's kind of a, a theory about the brain and grammar, which is that you kind of you're born with a brain that has quite a wide variety of potential grammar codes um, sort of almost hardwired in. And, and as, you, as you fix grammar rules as you grow up, and, and, and children fix grammar much, much earlier than they can, they can speak grammar really um, because they, they're kind of absorbing a lot of language from, from the day they're born. And in fact, from inside the womb, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these kind of potential grammar pathways start actually um, breaking. So, and, and, yeah. and, and so you, you can't, it, it becomes much, much harder harder to learn languages after a certain age because your brain is not as plastic um, well yeah that goes for anything because yeah your brain your brain your brain forms maps as early as possible for the things it thinks are going to be useful 
Yeah. And then it starts shedding. It starts it, – well, what happens is the maps for the stuff that you've learned are important start invading all areas of your brain. Yeah. Um, and then the stuff that it doesn't think will be important start getting rubbed out. That's Absolutely. why if your parents speak French to you before the age of two, uh. they don't even need to teach you French. Just yeah. hearing French in the house teaches yeah. the, the, the infant's brain that mm. there's some syllables that are different from the language you're learning that are probably important. So it stores them. And you yeah. can learn to speak French later on in life without an accent because Much of that. Much more easily. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it's funny that um, they've done these studies with, with infants, like newborn infants, where um, the way that they, they measure how infants are understanding something or whether they're interested in something is how hard they suckle on. So if you put a, a kind of electric dummy in their, in their mouth and kind of what, what speed do they they suckle at mm-hmm. um, and they do this thing where they, they or they have done this thing where they, they they have a whole bunch of infants wired up to these little suckling machines god this is sounding terrible um, and they play them and different- amazing <laughs> and they play them recordings of people speaking different languages and they from from almost being a newborn they respond very strongly to languages that they've heard in the womb um they they recognize the sounds and the and the rhythms and, and all of that kind of oh, thing that makes of sense. their native tongue from from before they're born the, those things start kind of being being widened the really skeptic in me though um wonders how that would work because you're fairly insulated in the womb and sound can't really get to babies Vibrations can, but I don't think hmm. they, they can hear much because you're essentially immersed in fluid. I suppose. Yeah, good point. Hmm. Whatever. I don't know. We must read more about this. Yes. So uh, um, Wikipedia has a whole thing on segmented sleep. Really? Also known oh. as divided sleep, bimodal sleep pattern, or interrupted sleep is a polyphasic uh-huh. or biphasic sleep pattern. Where yeah. two or more periods of sleep are punctuated by periods of wakefulness, along with a nap in the day, it has been argued that this is the natural pattern of human sleep. Oh, uh, naps. Okay. When I was at varsity, I used to choose my subjects based on the fact that I could be home by 4 o'clock for my afternoon nap every day. Oh, my God, my nap. Oh, it has best. been argued. Uh, <laughs> oh, a case has also been made. I like that. In the f- <laughs> They've got lots of different ways of saying it has uh, been argued. The case has been made that maintaining such a sleep pattern may be important in regulating stress. That makes sense because uh, I have some of that. Yeah, that's very interesting. Ooh, I mean, speaking about napping during the day at work, have you seen the ostrich pillow? <laughs> oh, I want one. I mean, so we've been arguing for a nap room at Quirk <laughs> because, you know, like because we're in advertising, we frequently pull all-nighters. So there's actually – like we have been arguing for can we have a quiet room somewhere that has like a bed in it. But then, of course, we realized at parties in the office that, no, just terrible idea. But, um, yes, oh, ostrich pillow. So you just like you put it over your head and you put your hands in it, right, and then it blocks out the light. And then you sleep on your desk. It looks it looks ridiculous. I'm, <laughs> I'm not convinced anybody's ever bought one. It looks uh, amazing. Ost- ostrichpillow.com. <laughs> um, but one place where I've often wished I had something like an ostrich pillow was on uh, comedy class flights uh, anywhere, really. Mm, mm. You, do get, you get those weird neck pillows, which, which are kind of cool. Uh, yeah, no, they, they don't work. Okay, as long as you don't have those tiny, teensy, teensy little pillows, which are pillows for ants that they give you on planes, on long flights. Oh. Yeah, and they never have extras. They have no. one per person. Yeah, and they never have extra blankets either, no matter how mm. cold it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. Flying is terrible. So, um, ostrich pillow. 
But yeah, totally. The segmented sleep thing. I mean, it's funny how some people have taken this to such a crazy, crazy degree as, as people do with everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that, we've spoken about that ridiculous Tim Ferriss, uh, the four hour body book before and all of the crazy stuff that he talks about. Mm-hmm. What, there's a whole chapter devoted to how you can kind of start segmenting your sleep to the point where you only sleep in sort of two hour increments. Bizarre. Why would you do that? So that you can spend more time pumping iron and being a jiu-jitsu master. I don't know. I don't Thank, know. Whatever thanks, the Tim, Tim Ferriss of the world think are fun. <laughs> yeah. Pack everything really, into really four hours. Ripping people off, getting ripped, and uh, ripping through some food. You, so you, you can spend you more time. It's a It's a better, better, better title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you know that they found that when human beings work in completely artificial light environments or they, or they kind of live in an artificial light environment for a very long time, that what tends to happen is they start um, by, by kind of one hour, they start lengthening the cycle of their day. The kind of the 24 hour cycle starts moving towards being a 25 hour cycle oh. of when they sleep and wake up and sleep and wake up. I thought you were going to say they start developing douchey traits and an affinity for gray suits. <laughs> and probably very muscular right arms because <laughs> they're by themselves underground. Anyway, sorry. They, <sighs> <coughs> you know, you know, do know that sometimes these conversations make their way on the internet. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. let me take it back. And there's some prudes on the internet apparently. I, I take it back. No, there can't be prudes on the internet when there are pony boys on the internet. Um... Mm, uh, that's true, actually. I hadn't considered that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's a free-for-all then, this internet thing. Mm. Uh, bit of a fad, though. Don't think it's going to last. Well, you know, if it's up to the UK lawmakers, um, are they going to go ahead with that thing where they're going to sort of by default, porn is going to be not enabled or porn's going to be blocked on people's internet accounts? I like the way you pop on the microphone when you say porn. Um, <laughs> you probably can't hear that, but I can. Uh, they've already okay. done it. It's uh, as far as I know. It's like it's uh, it's there. It's, it's a thing. Uh, they wanted to do it huh. in Australia, um, which is yeah. the ultimate nanny state. Like you may think mm. you're a nanny state, but Australia will beat you every time. And mm. um, and they wanted to do it there, and then they didn't. Uh, and then David Cameron's government has has effectively pulled it through in the UK. So. Basically, what happens is if you're in the UK and you get a new internet connection, by default, all of the porn will be filtered out of your connection. Um, mm. And you have to request your ISP to unblock it. So <laughs> apparently, ISPs have always had the ability to do this, but nobody's ever enforced it. And now, um, so by law, funny. You, can't, yeah. you can't provide somebody with an internet connection unless porn is blocked by default. Can you imagine being the the person who's answering that phone line, the please unblock my pornography phone line? Because you know that a lot of people are going to wait until it's kind of a desperate situation before they make that phone call. So can you imagine the kind of awkward conversations you would have of people who are kind of sheepish but also breathing quite heavily? It'd be so funny being the guy answering (laughs) that line. Well, I suppose (laughs) like – well, the other thing is, how do you know, right? That, yeah. Like, how on what basis are they identifying things as porn? Because there's mm. very, you know, the filters to do that aren't, aren't, uh, aren't well, from what I know, aren't really very good at it. Like, you how know, the- there's some major porn sites that are quite obvious to add to a filter. Then there yeah. used to be technology that would um, that would look for skin, 
Oh, well, that's just problematic. Skin-colored pixels and then block on that basis, which is ridiculous. What if you're wearing like a nude-colored skirt or, yeah. you know, that? oh, that's just silly. So that didn't last. Yeah. Um, how and, do the the, 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 the software that parents put on those kind of child protection things, how do they do it? I, uh, so uh, as far as I know, it's, it's a classic like blacklist of sites that they've, they've oh, got okay. a based. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to do something that extreme, then you have to be able mm. to do it properly. And I'm not convinced that they can. Hmm. I'm surprised they didn't wait until an election year before they, they pass this. This is an ultimate kind of, you know, way to win easy votes amongst well, conservative people. Well, and lose people. a lot of votes, votes, I suppose. So you yeah. do it midterm and then you hope everybody uh, forgets about it except the people who really care. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> or something. I don't I know. I don't know. Uh, I think in South Africa, at least, I mean, there's, there's probably far more porn is evil and is <laughs> destroying the society <laughs> people, at least at least in public. <laughs> you know. Oh, you did it again. What with did the, I do? I pee. can't hear myself. Your microphone pop on the peas. <laughs> When you don't have a pop filter, okay, when, you, when, you, right. when you don't have an old wire hanger that you've put a, a stocking over and put that in front of your mic <laughs> and you pop your peas. I'm popping my peas with the porn. Especially anyway. on the porn. Yeah. Not so much I... on the sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> that's embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. You have to do some post pride here. Oh, you think that's <sighs> embarrassing. Stick around. Um, so sleep and porn. Um, oh, let's not put those two things together. Well, I suppose it works nicely with segmented sleep, right? <laughs> uh, yes. What are There's you doing? There's a time for everything. <laughs> oh, um, that's, that's not what I do in my sleep gap. Uh, mostly, I read Charles Bukowski did, and feel sorry for myself. Judge. Sorry, what uh, are you reading? Char- uh, Charles Bukowski. Oh, brilliant! Which one? Uh, I have been reading Ham and Rye. Mmm, lovely. And now I'm reading Love Is a Dog from Hell. Uh, which is not his best work as far as I'm concerned. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty much porn, so, you Yeah, know. you know. And I love his poetry. Oh, he's so, so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was. Uh, <laughs> is. Is Charles Bukowski still... I shouldn't be asking this on something that might end up on the internet, because I should know. <laughs> you can ask me, Simon. I don't judge. I have no idea whether he's still alive, if that is I don't think question. he is. I'm sure he's dead. I'm sure that having lived the way that he lived, he should be dead. Yeah, he died in 94, apparently, says okay. the internet. Says Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. He was, uh, he was quite a guy. Yeah. Was our Charles. Yeah. How uh, old would he have been? A twenty to ninety-four. Seventy-four. Yeah, no, he, had, he had a good run. Seventy-four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got yeah. punched a lot and drank a lot of whiskey. Yeah, I'm surprised he made it to seventy-four. <laughs> All of those kind of beat generation dudes, you you kind of imagine them dying in a in a blaze of tuberculosis mm-hmm. and and I don't know, uh, liver failure at like thirty-five. Yeah, he reminds us that you know when you have that kind of predisposition. Uh, for really, really, truly not giving two shits and a fuck about anything, mm. and you're lazy, uh, and you get punched a lot and you like whiskey, you're basically going to end up a journalist, an author, or dead. Those are your <laughs> options very early in life. Uh, I do get very happy when you read about stories of people who clearly you know, were not very healthy, did not exercise, did not eat well and probably did not sleep according to the proper you know 
sleep cycles that we're supposed to have and mm-hmm. yet still live to a good decent age of 74 it just it, it's, it's it, part it, of it vindicates the the yes it's all just nature some mm. of us have genes and are going to live a long time and others are not yeah so that's good for charles bukowski god bless him uh, <laughs> that's what oh ham ah clever that's why i called it ham on rye why so i'm not uh, making the connection because he got called a ham uh, and he was constantly on rye whiskey. Ah. Uh, there we go. Click. Brilliant. Brilliant. Literary scholars around the world will be rejoicing at this discovery. So this is becoming a <laughs> bit of a book show, isn't it? It is a little bit, which I'm, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Let's yeah. roll with it. I mean, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. We can talk about whatever you want. And, um, and you know, when it does, when these conversations, as they do make their way onto the internet, I'm sure... Uh, I'd be okay with it if I was listening. Mm, Bukowski. So I'm I'm writing down. I think instead of show notes, we should just have book lists. Like required <laughs> reading for this episode includes. So if you wanted to find the show notes for this conversation, uh, where it makes its way onto the internet, this would be episode. Hey, this is our tenth episode. Crack open some virtual champagne yeah. over the interwebs. So you'd go to seed.tv forward slash uh, TBTD. Oh, wait. Our previous episode is playing in my ear holes. Um, so <laughs> seed.tv forward slash TBTD. Uh, that's T for turbo, B for birdie, T for titties, D for delta, forward slash <laughs> 10, one zero. And you would find the show notes for this uh, conversation. Except that I haven't really taken very good show notes. <laughs> I'll beef them up later. Uh, so you Whatever. might find show notes, but they might be crap. <laughs> you, might, you might find a place on the internet <laughs> where somebody has scrawled together some things that mm. are not like the other things in the list. Mm. Um, that, I don't make very good sense early in the morning on Friday, do I? Especially not after having slept very well. So, uh-huh. so what are you going to do about this? Is it is it something that is that is degrading your life? Is this waking up in the middle of the night thing? I'm probably more of a grumpy pants than I than I usually am. Maybe. Aww. Um, I don't think I've ever really seen you grumpy. Hmm. But that's because you make me happy. Aww. Um. You haven't seen me around people who don't make me happy very often <laughs> because usually um, people who make you happy are with other people who make you happy when you see them. Like, That's also like true. Mark. Mark makes me happy, you know. Ah, uh, me too. That's he, why I keep uh, him around. <laughs> he listens to Iron Maiden. He's got long, um, luxurious hair. He bought me a dinosaur onesie. He bought you, you know. <laughs> so there's not much there's not much that would make me grumpy about Mark. Exactly. Um so there's that. Yeah. And uh, oh, I ramble a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard you rant on the radio actually, come to um, Yeah, I rant on the radio. Yeah. I would probably be way more pleasant if I'd slept properly. I would probably be better at remembering things like whether or not Charles Bukowski was still alive <laughs> and the names for things and what uh, we were talking about. Yeah, but maybe you'd be less funny. <laughs> That's possible. A it lot depends of humor, what you think humor is comes funny. from snark, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, but a serious question. So, what what do you think that you're going to try to do to to try to sleep better? Own it. Um, like, go to bed earlier. Make the bit of the night where I'm awake Dota two time, and then. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like. You know, the, your body takes over. There's, mm. I suppose you look at your environment and you go, well, 
Um, if it is stress related, let's talk about that and how we fix it or yeah. or whatever. But um, mm. but short of doing that, like what can you do? You know, I I've sure. I've taken sleeping pills before and I've travelled uh, no, to you don't like want to knock yourself generally. into a, into a, a sleep zone. And I don't, you know, if you think I'm I'm like. A lot like um, Bill Murray in Lost in Translation when I haven't slept. You should see me on sleeping pills, man. I, yeah, no, I go the hangover tilt, is not good. Full tilt Bill Murray and, yeah. um, you know, getting confused by faxes and carpet samples. <laughs> also, I don't know if that's if it's healthy sleep. Like, I don't know if you, you dream while you're, you're on, in, while you're in a sleeping tablet and do sleep, you know, and all of that mm. stuff is, is really important for your brain to function properly. I don't know. I never feel properly rested after taking sleep tablets. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I've slept, but not process mm-hmm. things i don't know or done that whatever mental uh washing machine process happens when you sleep that makes you wake up feeling refreshed yeah look uh, you know people who don't sleep on airplanes will do anything to get to sleep but i very quickly learned that i felt as crap the next day if i had mm. taken sleeping pills there's yeah. something about pretending to be asleep on an airplane i'm not sure it's a it's a it's a culmination of things that just makes you feel crap the next day no matter what you did mm. or how much you slept or mm, fair enough yeah so i find that that light is quite important for me when when i'm going through phases when i'm struggling to sleep like oh hell I, yeah yeah like I, I find it very important to to kind of be outside during the day a little bit and then and kind of have real light some some somewhere um and then to make sure that the room starts darkening you know gradually a couple of hours before i'm going to bed with kind of a, a warm side light helps a lot staring at your computer screen does does not help you sleep well. Well, and you should probably ban things like smartphones from bedrooms. Yeah. Um, there's, there was an interesting study. I haven't looked into it, but apparently just your brain, like just knowing that the phone's next to your bed with all of that delicious information <laughs> um, <laughs> messes with your brain and your sleep patterns. Mm. Um, and, I mean, it's become the first thing people touch in the morning that isn't yeah. part of their anatomy is their phone. <laughs> they just go, boom, phone. Uh. The moment your eyes are open, and then yeah. and then the Twitter and, and the garbage flow begins. Absolutely, and you, it's it's such a pity because that is the the kind of the time of day when your brain is cleanest and could potentially have its most profound thoughts. Um, but you start feeding it with with yeah. stimulus, like from the moment you wake up. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ban the phone and That's rely a good idea. on the Fitbit to wake me up. Yeah, um, and play a lot of video games. <laughs> and you know that's how most good plans begin yes i think that's a great idea it's a good start <laughs> cool okay all right sam i'm gonna let you get back to your friday but this was fun okay um i will let you get back to yours thank you very much lady i'll chat to you next week let's talk next week okay bye 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 <laughs> bye